we are developing students for the industry, career technical education, so that they become our replacements. These young people have chosen this opportunity to get a jump start on their career. They'll have a better idea uh, about what they want to do and what they're good at by the time they leave high school. There's some great opportunities for these students that are coming out of the career and technical programs from Henrico County. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of Henrico CTE. Now, I am Rashawn Garnett, and with me I have Mike Roberts. Mike Roberts, as always, hanging out here, and today we are at another location inside of the offices of James River Exterior. Thank you guys so much for having us and inviting us out to talk to someone named Mr. Ricky Akers. We'll get to Ricky in a second, but first I want to, want to remind you guys to check us out on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Henrico CTE. Now also check out HenricoCTE.com for information on what we got going on. And Mike, tell them how they can, how they can get the podcast. Well, um, our host is... Uh Anchor.com, um, but you can also find us on any of the major podcast venues, uh, iTunes, uh, Google, uh, Spotify, all the big guys. All the big guys. And as I mentioned before, we are here inside of James River Exteriors office, particularly in their conference room, which is really nice, I might add. Got some nice little what's a brick wall over here to the right. And I don't know what, what to call this color. Was it like burgundy, I guess? But it, it looks good. It, everything matches in here. It Fuchsia. looks really nice. Fuchsia. Fuchsia. Yeah, I'm not really good on, on all the colors. But uh, let's get to the important <laughs> part. We got Mr. Ricky <laughs> Akers go there. <laughs> <laughs> I got Mr. Ricky Akers here, uh, field superintendent with uh, James River Exterior. So introduce yourself to the audience, Mr. Akers. Good morning. It's Ricky Akers. James River Exteriors. All right. And uh, so, Ricky, what do you do on a day-to-day basis, typically? I'm a field superintendent, and I go from job to job, uh, meet with the foremans and the superintendent, and pretty much uh, do a safety analysis when we come on the job. And any troubles, uh, we front them and take care of them. All right. So how long you, have you been doing this, uh, Ricky? I've been field superintendent for 20, probably 20 years. 20 years. How'd you, how'd you get into it? I started, I started with laboring young and worked my way up the ladder, forklift operator, scaffold rector to a foreman, and then I went to field superintendent. Have you been with James River for the full 20 years? No. No, I've only been with James River for about six years. So how long have you been in the masonry industry? Pretty oh. much all my life. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah been That's great. 40 some years. So how'd you, how'd you get into it? Like, was it something that, was it like a family business or was it like something, you know, in high school you were exposed to or how'd you get into it? Well, it, it, a neighbor was a brick mason and in the, in the summer I'd help them in the, in the summer months and go to school in you know, regular season. And I kind of, I liked it. So when I got out of school, I went to work with them. Well, that's great. All right. So, um, you know, you said how many years you've had in the business? 22, 20 plus? Well, with yeah. here, he's been. Oh, oh wait, no. I mean, well, I mean as a supervisor, business, as 40 years in the industry. 40 years yeah. in the industry. So yeah. that means you've seen a, a whole bunch of projects. A, a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> I see projects today being taken down that we did oh, in wow. the early years. So what, what, on the topic of that, what are some of your favorite, favorite projects that you've, you've worked on? Well, here with James River was uh, 
The building noted uh, Short Pump, Green Gate, Building J. It was a medical office building. It's got a lot of interesting masonry work in it. And the Madalva Medical Office building was another one. So did you have any uh, technical training prior to getting this job? or? Well, when, the, when you come out of the labor into the masonry, you had to go through apprenticeship. And I went to Richmond Technical Center for the union. That's what they sent us for three years of uh, apprenticeship. And you learn a lot. Yeah, just like what our students, they're able to go once they finish their, if they're in the masonry program or any of the trades programs, once they um, finish their training uh, at the A-Centers, they are transitioned into uh, the apprenticeship programs um, and able to get um, just three to four years of uh, additional training while working and getting paid. So talk about, um, you know, kind of like career growth, I guess, inside of James River Exterior. In, or inside the industry as general, in general, right? You mentioned you started as a, started as a laborer. So talk yeah. about, you know, how, you know, you were able to, to start as a laborer and then work your way on up to being field superintendent. Yeah, that's where a lot of us Masons, that's where we come from. You come in as a laborer and then you you work your way up and you if you're interested in it, you, you get in the masonry part and the, the actual land. And because the labor gets to see a lot because he's behind the mason. He's, he sees everything he's doing. And you know, so he, he learns the understanding of it, so that he becomes a good apprentice because he's already got the knowledge. He knows what it takes to do that job, and it, it's a lot. And they go from there, and they can move into the apprenticeship program. Correct. Yeah. Great. What kind of all of the services um, does James River offer? Is it just you know the larger construction projects like the medical centers that you're talking about, or the, how small do they go? In the masonry part, we're mainly commercial. Mm-hmm. We do do some residential repairs, but in in all the fields of James River, they do resi- do some residential work. What um what do you see James River doing, uh, and what what have they been doing, and what are their plans when it comes to it? statistically you're currently dealing with and have been for years where there's a a labor shortage for masons and that's a lot of it is to do that you don't have younger people moving into this profession um as i understand it that it's considered one of the harder ones physically and so that's one of the reasons but also we're dealing with the years of students being told that college is your only option um what is it that uh, you see james river doing to try and change that to help them because I mean, it's going to something that would be helping themselves well in career you know a lot of times the schools have career days mm-hmm. and try to go out and visit with the with the students on this part and uh and we did one it's not that long ago we did one at the Redskin stadium it was really interesting the kids a lot of kids really wanted to be involved in it and they you know come out and spread the mortar and lay a couple brick and uh kind of get them into us so what do you think the biggest thing is going to be to attract those young people i mean obviously exposure helps but you know maybe what are other things what you think will make you know it more enticing to have a you know to take up a masonry job or any skilled trades job for that matter well you know a lot of it comes from your schools some of your schools still have to have these workshops and i think that's where a lot of them pick it up at and then you want to come out and and uh, you know try to do it in the summer months, whether mm-hmm. it's school, and if 
that's what they, you know, they find that that's what they want to do. Yeah, because we've got the the masonry program at Highland Springs A Center. Yeah, and um, you know it's it's a good introduction to it to it. Are y'all do y'all actively seek out uh, younger people to bring in as laborers and then move them on up into the apprenticeship? Is that something y'all do on a regular basis? Yes, we do. We have, we have a lot of. We, I've got a couple of laborers now that's interested in in the apprentice program, and uh, we'll get them on. They, they're going through like a training on site now on the jobs they'll uh they get opportunity spread model mm-hmm. point up and that's a lot in the in the field what age would you think what age do you usually start somebody you know how i'm sure y'all got a cut off but what age are y'all looking for or whether y'all will start somebody even if it's just over the summer uh, any age and you know you've got to go if you what you uh, what the government allows you to, right. to work with okay so what would you say makes a, a good mason? You know what I mean? What kind of skills do you need? What kind of attitude do you have have to have? And, you know, you know, basically what makes a, a, a good mason? Well, strong. I always said strong back. <laughs> <laughs> big, big husky. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's, you see all, all different sorts. You, you know, it's uh, somebody just willing to, willing to learn. That's that's the main thing. Yeah, that's it's, probably the largest thing to it is. to you know when you're looking for somebody. That's probably your main thing that you're looking for. Somebody who's willing to learn, uh, you know, and to you know otherwise it's you know if, if, if they got to come in with the right attitude. Right, and some of them got natural natural act to be a bricklayer. Mm-hmm. They pick a trowel and go right to spreading mortar. They they just good with the hands. Right, and. That's what it takes. So, you know, a lot of people say, you know, when you hear masonry, you think about just, you know, bricklaying and people try to make it, you know, try to simplify it a little bit too much. So what all goes into like being a mason? Like, you know, it's just it's obviously more than just making mortar, you know, laying the brick and, you know, putting the brick down. Well, you have a lot of different bond patterns. When I say bond patterns, you different section of the brick. You have a half bond, a third bond and. Flemish bond, you know, it's, it's different bonds you learn, and you learn how to start the corners with the Flemish bonds, and it, it's that, that's the biggest thing. And most of your block work is half on. All right, we mentioned um, earlier that uh, you know the schools were. You mentioned earlier that the schools were an important part of getting kids interested. Um, that you know the companies all, all have to reach out, and what you guys do, James River Exterior. You guys are reaching out to kids. You mentioned going to career fairs. Is there any other outside uh, sources or outside entities, you know, maybe like the government that you think would be able to help increase interest in the skilled trades? Because these are important places, man. We need oh, yeah. the skilled trades to keep the world going. So, are there any other outside entities you think could help? I can. I can. Actually, I can't think of nothing to do. You know, schools isn't is the number one to me. Because you have a lot of kids in schools that they're not only book smart. You got some that's really book smart, right? And you've got these kids that's hand smart, right? They they can do so much with their hands if they're given the opportunity. And that's the thing. What would you say to a parent whose child wants to you know go to the A Center um, and or or a, a, their local tech center? Uh, since this is the audience here is probably not just in Rico County. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the what would you tell a parent to convince them that this is something that is a um, a good skill 
to learn and something that will take care of them their whole life. Right. Like it, like it has you. Yeah. It's, I'd say it's things that they can do at home. You don't have to hire somebody to come over and do you a sidewalk. Right. You want a brick sidewalk, you learn, and it's yours. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, you did it. You did it with your hands. And it's, to me, that's, that's a lot. And in the, the salary and all in the masonry, you can make a good living. I've, I started out making $2 an hour. Right. And now I make a decent salary. Very good. And it's, they could do the same thing. They'll have the same opportunity. Yeah, well, we've, um, I think I stated in a prior episode is that some of the information that we've come across is that you're basically looking at a student that can come out of an apprenticeship program making as much on right. parity, yeah. making as much money as a student who comes out of a four year college, but they don't have the debt. You know, their schooling was paid for. Um, they're, you know, plus they were working while they were doing it. You know, I think one of the things we talk about is like, you know, in, in four years, you've made $100,000 instead of owing, you know. Yeah, because that college debt is real. $100,000 <laughs> college debt. You know, so it's, it's, and for a lot of students, it should be, it should be a no brainer. This is a great opportunity for them to get into something that is in high demand. And because of the demand that, you know, the salaries and the benefits yeah. have come up and matching what a college student can do when he gets their first job. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, you know, these kids out here, you know, we just want them to, you know, assess the whole spectrum of opportunities right mm-hmm. so college is not the only option that's what we want to point out if you want to go to college there's certainly nothing wrong with going to college but then you got people over here like mr acres who's made a decent living off oh, yeah. of working with their oh, with yeah. their hands and uh that's really what the podcast is all about pointing out we, you talked about a little bit about uh, how you save money on being able to work on things uh on your own how much money has that actually saved you being able to actually work with your hands and figure some things out and, you know, being able to use those skills, not only to make you money, but also help you save a little bit of money, too? Uh, garage. I, I built my own garage. And a lot, a lot of when you're in the field working in construction, not only in the masonry, you learn a lot because you're interacting with different uh, contractors, your electricians, your plumbers. And all this stuff is incorporated in your work when you're doing the work. So you learn a lot about their field, too. So, you know, it, it, it kind of helps you. It sounds a lot like my dad. My, when I was young, my dad was a crane operator working on industrial contractor sites and, and doing all those things. He learned masonry and 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 and, you know, everything and related in the construction industry. And, you know, he worked with uncles growing up and building their detached garages and patios and uh, heck when uh before i got out of high school he he built a pool in the backyard <laughs> all by himself you know borrowed some equipment from work and um and and built it himself with you know just my uncle's helping you know that was it so it's it's pretty cool that what you can learn and and these types of things you know kind of they stay with you your whole life yeah these are skills for a lifetime i think oh, yeah. that's what we always say oh yeah go around this learn you know learn skills for a lifetime even if you you come to the A centers and and you know you take an electricity class, you take a masonry class. Even if you don't do anything with it after that fact, after that point, these skills still serve you through the duration uh, of your life. And on the topic of you know going out there and and, and connecting with um, other people in the industry, these skill job skill jobs often often offer pathways into entrepreneurship do you know anybody who owns their own business based on you know masonry and and how they're you know just talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and masonry yes and how that's an option there's a lot of guys that i've worked with over the years that went out on their own and have done well and they 
still in business. They're house contractors, but uh, they've done well. And they're still doing well. You know, it's it's an opportunity to do it. You, you all have the opportunity to do that. It's but it's what you want to do. Right. I've I've never been one of one to go out and actually start a business. It's I, I <laughs> a lot of extra work that they don't tell yeah. you about with that, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the paperwork comes in. Yeah, right. You, you come home from work and start your second job, <laughs> the accounting job, part. Right. And, and <laughs> <laughs> I like working with the men. Uh-huh. You know, they, that's the thing. You go out and they're all your friends and you work with them. And, and you stand back and look at your project after you finish. You know, you appreciate what you've done. So it's like a family atmosphere, right? You guys real close? Oh, yeah. Some companies, the whole company is like that. You're close. Yeah, and that's yeah. where you get that. You, those are the companies that, you know, you get that great, you know, the ladder where you can move up because of that family atmosphere. You know, they're they're not looking from the outside. They're looking from the inside in a lot of cases. Yeah. How many positions do y'all have that you would like to hire that are unfilled right now because you can't, it's hard to find somebody. Are y'all currently dealing with that type of situation? Or are y'all doing okay? We're right now we're doing okay, but we're, you know, depending on the jobs and we have openings now for masons and and laborers mm-hmm. but uh you know it's just it's hard to find oh yeah i mean this a lot of some of the statistics i was looking at last week when it comes to the masonry field is it's one of the harder um skilled um uh, trades to find new work and so they're dealing with like a it's not just the contractors but it's even the subs where you get the contract can't find subs that have enough employees to, to f- be able to do the jobs and it's actually causing yeah. delays on projects that can't start on them right. because of that so but in, so you're saying that for james river or maybe other businesses in, in the virginia area you know it's not that couldn't it's not as bad as maybe some of the other parts of the country I don't think it's quite. It's bad, but I, I think there's other parts in countries that's probably worse. Okay, but I have a lot of friends in in different companies, mm-hmm. and they they face the same thing. All the companies facing the same thing. It's labor shortage. So always looking for for people. Yeah, you never always open. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have as many people coming around wanting to mm-hmm. to go to work. You, you you don't just don't see it no more. You used to you. You'd have a lot of guys would come walk up on the jobs and and mm-hmm. y'all hiring. Right. You don't see that no more. Mm. Is that a lot? It's a that could be a combination of they're okay with where they're at versus Correct. not necessarily being a, a shortage. And yeah. Just not anybody looking because nobody news coming in. Right. Yeah. It's the month of March. Um, that means I think it was the first week, full week of March was National Women in Construction uh, Week. It's Women History Month in March. Uh, on that topic. How do you think we can get more women interested in getting into the masonry field? That uh, that's <laughs> a tough a, question. That's, that's a tough. <laughs> same as trying to get a, a young man in. Yeah. It's probably the same. It is because yeah. we we actually do have some young ladies in our uh, masonry class right yeah. now. We have the past couple of years. Yeah, I met I met a couple of them, that, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but I've worked with several women that was in the masonry, and they did well. They're good good to work with. Yep. All right, guys. So we're running uh, up against the clock here. We went like what twenty five minutes our last episode. Oh my gosh! No, it was thirty three. <laughs> like thirty three minutes at the end of it. I was listening to it this morning. Thirty three minutes. I didn't get to finish it before we came out here. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna bring this thing to a close. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Acres and James River Exterior, for letting us come and steal your conference room for what. <laughs> 
you know, I think it was like you know, only like 30 minutes, right? We didn't steal it for very long. No, no. <laughs> but we stole it nonetheless. Be sure to check us out again on our social media um, at Henrico CTE, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and YouTube. And uh, check out HenricoCTE.com. Mike, tell them where they can find the podcast. Our, uh, our host for our podcast, again, is uh, Anchor.com. And you can also find it on your favorite podcast service, whether it's iTunes, Google, or what. All right. Or All the right. big one, Spotify. Or, or Spotify. All the big ones. Yeah. All the big ones. All right, guys. So, and thank you guys uh, so much for out there for listening, uh, however you're listening, for joining us on another edition of Henrico CTL. CTL. CTE now, okay? <laughs> <laughs> CTL. You want to do that one again? <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for joining us here on Henrico CTE now. Uh, for Mike Roberts, for Ricky Akers, I'm Rashawn Garnett. Thank you guys so much for joining us. So long, everyone. So long. So long.